You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. We're back. This is Tiffany Rufino, and I am here with the AirPods to my iPhone, Mr. Jeffrey Rufino. Does that mean I'm the one that listens? Yes, most of the time. I don't know if you hear me, but you do listen. <laughs> <laughs> so big difference there. Okay. Um, semantics. All right. Only you can answer it. that question. I'm not. I'm not going to answer it for you. I wish my friend was here to make sure I didn't knock over my water because I totally almost like doused all our equipment. <laughs> that is. Uh, that's that's the hand gestures as I talk. It's a very fun and scary. Yeah, this thought. episode would have went south real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sounds of screams in the office <laughs> as Jeff realizes that all his equipment has water on it. Um, so yeah, we're back. We've been planning our events, which is uh, being held January 14th, 2023. Super excited, 5 to 7 p.m. Information is available on the website, tiffanyrufino.com. If you are in the Northeast Florida area, we would love for you to attend. It is free to attend. You could also be a vendor or you could be a sponsor if you're not able to make it, but you want your information out there as a business. We want to help support you and uh, get your name out in the community and just bring businesses back to life in a powerful, inspiring and motivating way. So um, it's also to just communicate the podcast, communicate the business within itself, Um, And I'm going to be speaking and also I have a couple of friends that will join me on the journey and they will share their stories of what took them from great to greater. Uh, You know, some really inspiring stories that I'm super excited about. Great speakers and just uh, real down to earth people that also have uh, businesses and stories to share to inspire the community. Um, And, you know, we're already planning our next one and uh, deciding on the venue and we're hoping to take people with us that are at this event to just make it great to greater each time. So uh, once again, tiffanyrufino.com, go ahead. You can apply to be a vendor. You could apply to be a speaker and you could also get your free tickets on the website. For me, it's been exciting seeing the emails roll in, especially, uh, I mean, vendors do it, but uh, especially from people who are excited to show up yes. to, um, to hear the, uh, the speakers and, just to kind of see what's going on. So that's, that's it's going to be a fun event. You know, and uh, I guess like a hot tip from this podcast, which is really more business geared than anything. This is a learning process for both of us, right? You know, where, well, I kind of just hit the ground running and Jeff kind of tries to pace me and say, let's, <laughs> uh, let's kind of have, you know, do it this way. <laughs> that's why, you know, he's, he's my manager because he's the only one that could say that to me and I won't flip out. <laughs> Uh, but however, you know, with the excitement, and I think with the way that, and I've always said this with the way that the universe works, when you follow the universe's plan for yourself, doors open very quickly, things start to happen fluidly. And sometimes it could scare you because you're like, wow, this is going really well, really quick. Um, and the other day I asked Jeff, I said, am I, am I crazy for doing this? And he looks at me, he's like, everything is falling into place. He's like, you know, you filled almost all the vendor tables. You have people picking up tickets. You're almost done with your speaker roster. Like, why would you say you're crazy when it's all working? And I'm like, you know, cause that's kind of what we're conditioned to do when it's all going good. You're waiting for that one thing to happen. That's just going to throw it off course. And I think as a type A personality, I'm always doing that. Um, survival kit of okay if plan a doesn't work then what's our uh redirection for plan b and c through z so that you know i have everything there and sometimes it's a blessing and sometimes it's a curse because as a blessing you're always prepared and you can think on the spot very quickly and put things into action but it also causes you to overthink over doubt yourself and that's part of where imposter syndrome comes from I like to think that um, we we don't we don't like in sports you, you think we, we don't win the game in, in you know on the court or in the field you do it in practice and if you're prepared um, especially like you know you've prepared for this like crazy I in mean, my mind I've prepared for it you know for years yeah and it's and, been a dream yeah and that's what I was gonna say not just in like your your past experience um, which you have but also going through the process of thinking through all the you know we like to play the what's the worst that can happen game 
and knowing, hey, we're, we're prepared for A, B, and C. We're ready for this. We're ready for whatever. And then eventually you just have to go for it. You know what, though? We, we do both. So I think it depends on, and I think working together as a team, this is where it flip-flops, right? So we do the worst-case scenario when we're in the right mindset. When yeah. we're kind of just planning things out, where uh, no emotions are involved, it's kind of like, okay, you know, Jeff is fantastic with project management, and, and so he's walking through things, and I come in with the, I guess, what's the worst thing that could happen, like the devil's advocate role, because I think it, incredibly outside the box, like, you know, um, what if the elephants get loose from the zoo in Jacksonville, and they, like, come down and they block traffic, what are we going to do? You know, something completely random, and then we break it down as we go. Um, and then we also do like, if we're, you know, maybe our emotions are involved in that we, we change it up and we go, okay, but what's the best that could happen? And then we work ourselves down from there, um, just to keep the end goal in mind of the best thing. Like, remember why we're doing this, remember the purpose. And then does that purpose override anything bad that could happen? Like if we have the, or when we have the best outcome, if something that is like four steps away from that that could be part of the worst case scenario is that going to really override the best outcome like is that going to be something that we're going to think about night after night and it's not going to get off our minds and that drives our purpose even further so really it's um neuro-linguistic programming where you change your mindset you change the way that you talk to yourself in your head so that you can go ahead and um, move towards your purpose without having the roadblocks there it's kind of like what's your bigger fear like not having the best outcome which is what you planned all this for or having like you know not enough chairs at the event and people have to stand in the back like is that really even a bad thing because you know you had a bigger crowd than you expected so just think about that as you plan things, even if it's just in your personal life, if it's in your business, you know, play the what's the worst that can happen, but also what's the best that can happen to keep you motivated, keep you inspired and keep you on goal and consistently moving towards your goal with your plan. So with that said, I hope to see many more of you um, sign up on the website for tickets, uh, sign up for being a vendor, sign up for speaking. Um yeah, we just want to see more people get involved. Yeah, and we want to help others shine the way that um, people have helped us shine. And, you know, it, it's not a competitive sport in my mind. I have people that are interested in being there because they're a business consultant and they have different strengths than I do. And um, they're going to be there. I have real estate that's going to be there. I have... Um, you know, insurance companies that are going to be there for business insurance for entrepreneurs, small businesses, etc. We got phone companies that are going to be there, big vendor names. And, you know, like I said, inspiration, networking, whole bunch of great things. However, moving forward, this podcast today is about the probationary period when um, someone starts a job. And we've all been there. You know, you apply for a job and they put you on the, uh, in, in some cases, like 90 days where they're trying you out. Um, and especially if you, you know, need the job, it's a scary time. It's a scary time to be there. Yeah, and I think right now with so many layoffs happening, um, everything would, I would assume that somebody looking for a job and getting hired, that it's an eggshell period, right? Because you don't want to screw up. You don't want to be one of the ones that are let go early because the job has layoffs and they're letting go of people that were recently hired mm -hmm. um you don't want to screw up within 30 60 90 days because you really need a job and and this is the one that you found to get you going and during times of inflation and uncertainty and you know big companies that are doing layoffs like amazon just announced they're doing a whole bunch of layoffs the biggest in the company's history which is crazy and scary and you know i'll just say this it isn't it insane that these kinds of things, you always hear about them, especially in clumps like this, right before the holidays. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, you know, I could say probably last year going into like the end of 2020 into 2021, 
LinkedIn was flooded with job opportunities for Meta from Facebook, like the metaverse and Meta in general, as they were taking over, you know, the name Facebook and everything else. Amazon had tons of jobs listed, tons. And I'm like, wow, what like a huge blitz on hiring. And lots of um, online companies were doing a lot of hiring because they figured the COVID movement would still happen where people didn't want to go out to purchase things or, or whatever. So they were doing a lot of online markets and work from home or, you know, package things from home and send them out or deliveries, things like that. And now inflation happened and people are kind of, um, you know, holding on to their wallet a little closer and being cautious about, about what they're spending. And so with all these layoffs um, and then obviously Twitter, you know, which is, yeah. whoa, there's still probationary periods put in place by organizations. Um, and I think probably even more so now with uh, the way the economy is and, and how they're trying to protect their organization and merge departments and things like that, that there's when they bring somebody on, they want to have some sort of safety net to protect if they have to terminate them because they're still trying to figure out a structure that works in which they can show that they have growth by hiring people, but diminishing departments so that it looks like they have growth, but really they're just cutting back in different areas and squeezing people in and opportunities in um, to play the game, to play politics. That's really what it is. And to uh, kind of fool the numbers a little bit. And so uh, some organizations and in different states, it's, it's all different in how they're able to utilize the probationary period in order to let somebody go. Those are at will states and there's different legalities to it, which we're not going to get into, uh, you know, for sake of time and just sake of, uh, I don't have the full extent of the law knowledge book in my mind, although Jeff might. <laughs> um, but a pro probationary period is really, hey, you're hired. We enjoyed the interview. We like everything that you have on your resume. We're going to bring you on. And there's a probationary period, which could be 30, 60, 90 days. And we expect uh, to have like a check-in, you know, maybe within every two weeks or every 30 days to see how your performance is, how you're meeting quotas, if it's sales or, um, you know, where everything fits in. And then at the end of the 90 days, either you're brought on as a permanent employee or, you know, we part ways or we extend the probationary period or we bring you on part time or maybe temporary, you know, depending on the organization and, and what positions they have available. Now, my thought process goes to there's pros and cons of having a probationary period. And I think it's more so for uh, the business side of it, not for the employee side. And I say that because the employee can leave at any point in time. They're, they don't have to stay for the 30, the 60, the 90 days. It's really the employers that's making that decision. The employee might feel a certain type of way about, you know, um, again, like being on eggshells or worrying about that 90 days. But then at 91 days, they could say, bye. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's not a contract by any means. It's really more so for the employer to protect themselves um, if they made a bad hire or if it just wasn't working out. Now, I think uh, if I made a decision in the business world, like if there was a declaration of independence for a business, well, this might be a good idea with like, you know, all the um, amendments and then the constitution of business. And maybe there is something like that, or I don't know, there's probably like some underground thing about that that I don't know about yet. I'll meet Warren Buffett and we'll talk about it. But if I had to declare something, I'd say, get rid of it. It's a stupid thing. It's something that's there to put the employee on edge and perform at their best for the next 90 days because either the business needs a bump or they've just had bad hires and they need protection and they think that this is like a veil of protection. Um, but it really doesn't matter. Like it, it's not something that makes anybody feel good about it. It's extra work for the person that's hiring and it's just extra anxiety for the person being hired. If you are worried about the people that you're hiring, then change the way that you hire. Absolutely. Um, the whole time you're saying that, I keep thinking about how you mention, uh, we, we constantly say going from great to greater. 
going from great to greater, which is an improvement. And you want, hopefully, everybody in your organization to improve. But if you're on a 90-day probationary period and you're performing at your very best because you think you're going to get fired, and then at day 91, now you know you're you're probably not going to get fired unless there's a big reason because now you're there. You don't have the incentive to, you know, not that you perform at your best when you're walking on eggshells, but you don't have that incentive anymore. So is your performance going to go going to go up or is it going to plateau or is it going to the likelihood is it's going to go down because now you're comfortable? You know well, what I mean? Yeah. And not only that, but you don't really know what you're compared, what you're being compared to that makes you great at that 90 day mark. You know what I mean? Like, what standard would you be compared to within those 90 days that says, yeah, this is somebody that we're keeping or this is somebody that we're not? Because chances are you're being hired for a department or a role that they just need to fill one of and everybody else has been there for a while. So you can't compare their 90 days to your 90 days because it's been maybe a couple of years because they hired somebody. So things have changed and there's no like there's no standard or marking to set that's going to make it fair for that person. If anything, now I'm thinking it might actually ruin morale because like if I've been here for 5 years and I'm coasting and I'm good, I know exactly what I need to do to get by. I'm doing my job at, you know, whatever and you get hired, but you're you don't you want to fit in. You're you don't want to be the person that's just tossing people aside. But you also don't want to get fired. So, like, if I'm taking a 33-minute lunch instead of a 30-minute lunch, mm-hmm. you're taking a 25-minute lunch and coming in and making sure that they see you working. And I'm going to look at that like, yo, who are you trying to show up? Right. But the reality is you're just not you're just trying to not to get fired. Right. And so are you, but in a different sense. Correct. You know, like the things that you do. In a mindset, uh, I think tenured employees feel they've earned that right. Like, I could still do my job in the seven hours and whatever minutes, you know, I'm not doing math right now, Mm -hmm. that, like, you worked with a three-minute extra long lunch break versus the person that's still learning the role and doing something else. Like, of course, they're going to bring something different, but employers focus on the minute pieces, like that extra three minutes you took and the one minute that that person saved versus... Yeah, but what about my output in the time that I was there while that person was still taking time to read the handbook and learn the training and go through the sexual harassment videos and the violence in the workplace videos and like all this other stuff? Like, you know, if I'm producing what you need to, is three minutes really going to be the reason why you let me go? Because I didn't rob the clock. If anything, you know, I hurt myself if I'm a non-exempt employee, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because I took three minutes off my time. Or if you have to stay an extra 15 minutes because once you're past three minutes, then they take a whole 15 and not like by the actual minute. It depends on the company you work for. Anywho, um, what I was going to say is, you know, I think what we going back to what I said before, you know, change the hiring process. Um, a lot of companies that I've spoken with or that I've been a part of, um, because I've also been a part of the hiring process, they are... Um, reasonably, I don't want to say scared, but apprehensive in asking varying questions to different people because they want to have the interview process be very consistent so that there's not discrimination if they ask me a question, but they don't ask you a question or they ask you a question and they don't ask me the same question. And then we meet up and we're like, well, why were you asked this? And why were you asked that? Is it because you're a male and I'm a female or you're this gender or that gender or you're this ethnicity and I'm this, whatever it could be. But my other, the other side to that is that what you should base it on is performance and not the person, right? And so if you are doing the same 10 questions that you've been doing for the past 15 years and your turnover has grown or your retention has diminished, right? the thing that's got to change is the hiring process because obviously the company has changed, processes have changed, things have gone from great to greater or they've gone worse to worser. (laughs) I don't know what your situation particularly is. What I would do is I would take the person that I view based on their performance, based on how they show up, like all the, like the three qualities, like the, their mentality, 
how they show up in their professionalism and how they show up in their skill set. I would think of the situations where they demonstrated those skills and I would create questions based on that. And that's what I'm looking for in the person that I'm hiring. Um, I think it goes even a step further than that to looking at conceptualizing your training, your onboarding, and how you view your employees. Because um, you, you're you going to get a picture of a person when you look at their resume. They, they put their best, hopefully they put their best foot forward. You're going to get a good idea of somebody if you're a good interviewer. But then that person, when they start on day one, they are a rookie, brand new employee that doesn't know your business. They may have a sense of it if they did some research of what you do, but they don't know exactly how you open your files. They don't know how you specifically rotate in and out your customer um, greetings and assignments and things like that. They don't know how you handle your uh, your paperwork. They don't know all the little nitty gritty things that it takes a while for you to learn. And you kind of have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with, I'm going to have to take this person who has the potential to do it and get them to that level. Or you have to be okay with like two <clears throat> other things. Um, answering the questions and teaching them as you go. Mm -hmm. because even if you learn it in the first two weeks or it's taught to you in the first two weeks, three months later, you're going to be sitting there like, wait, how much do you guys match in the 401k? Cause that was like three months ago and I don't even remember. And it just kicked in. Right. Like, so there's little things that are going to just like, you need to know later. You don't necessarily need to know right now, but it's good for you to have an idea, like an overview of what your benefits are, obviously. Um, or you have to be okay with that person, not knowing the knit, like the little, um, dotting the I's, crossing the T's and getting to the nitty gritty stuff because you know that's what their strong skill set is because maybe you're in a crisis so they're there to take care of the crisis and then we'll go back to everything else. So again, I guess that goes back to being um, flexible and answering questions as you go. Uh, if you're not going to, you're, you're going to have to do it, do it anyway, I guess is my point in that, you know, like all the company policies and things like that, like you hired the person because if you do the questioning like I suggested, you're hiring a person that um, meets similarities of your top performers already. And so they already know what to do. They already know what job is needed and where their skill set fits in. They just don't know exactly how you do it. And I hate to say this to you, but you're not the only one that does it the way that you do it. There's other companies that mirror you. They might just call it different things. So if a person is coming from one company that is in the same industry that you're in, chances are they pretty much know the job already. You just offered better things. They just need to learn your verbiage for it and your culture of it. Yeah. Um, another thing for companies to realize is it's not um, it's not a buyer's market anymore. You know, um, not just COVID, but Several things that happened over the last few years have changed the marketplace to where there is an abundance of places where people can work. And if you're not treating like we've seen it, we, we've talked about it on the show with the great resignation. Like there, there are a lot of things that have come out in the like quiet quitting and all this other stuff where these are things that are happening, but they're they're really a symptom of the fact that it's not that difficult to go somewhere else anymore. So if your, your job, if you thought like five, 10 years ago, it was like competitive to get into and everybody wants that job, that might not be the same scenario anymore. So you may have to change your level setting and think, it's going to be really difficult for me to staff up if I'm not, you know, ship shape. You know what I'm noticing too is that you know, and I think about this probably um, early on, like maybe around August when we came back to do the podcast, You, a couple of episodes in, you mentioned that anybody could sweep the floors, right? Like anybody could go in and take that job and sweep the floors and do things like that. And I'm thinking like, 
there was a period where there was a high demand for employees and you know now we're like oh gosh we got to let all these employees go because we thought it was going to go this way and now everything's going this way and i think that the people that you turned away that you said were overqualified right that um that they just sorry you're not the right fit you're overqualified or you have experience but you don't have this experience even though you did the role of like 18 people and you just didn't have the title so we can't parallel that offer you know whoever you turned away because maybe their salary was five thousand dollars more than what you were willing to give um for the skill set that they had they're willing to take the sweeping job to take you know um and, and i'm not diminishing these roles by any means because we you know, need these as a society. We don't need them, but we're used to and accustomed to them, right? Like the fast food um, stuff, the supermarket stuff, because those places are offering great benefits and different kinds of training. Not only that, but like think about the customers they're meeting along the way that they can network with. And so while they're doing that for these other businesses that were willing to take them, they're starting their business on the side and they're either creating what they tried to be a part of with your organization or they're doing something greater based on the skill set that you were afraid to hire. Because some people are afraid to hire based on um, this person might outshine me, kind of like what you were saying about, you know, being at a company for five years and you're taking 33 minute lunches and you're worried that this person's gonna show up and reset the standard or do as the standard is expected, which we veered away from because it's just been comfortable. But now that the company's not getting results, it's not comfortable for anybody anymore bringing somebody new in. And the starting the new business thing is crazy because now that person that you uh, for whatever reason it didn't work out and i don't want to say like you did something wrong as a business owner or they did something wrong or whatever but where the environment wasn't matching um they're your they're your competition now and they're flexible they are starting small they are um they already know what the pitfalls are. They know what the perspective of the employee is. So when they get to a point where they need more people, they know how to make that attractive because they were there just not too long ago. Well, I think that's a great point is that, um, you know, don't forget that even though you are the employer hiring, you're also being interviewed too. So the person that is sitting across from you that is a prospective employee is sitting there wondering, what current problems do you have in your organization? What role do you expect me to play in contributing to the problem solving of those issues? And it's almost like I'm interviewing you to find out what your pitfalls are so I don't run into those when I start my own business. Um, and what's interesting is that I found uh, TikTok and I'm not sure how legit it is. You know how TikToks go, right? Like some of the stories are just there. Some are, you know, legit. So the first video starts with a girl filming just herself, but she's talking to her boss and she's quitting. Now she's quitting with very colorful language and she's doing it in a very passive, aggressive, smiling, like, but F you, da, 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 da. Um, and, and just, leaves so you don't know why she's leaving you're starting a story in your head of course like well at least i am i'm like oh they must have like treated her terribly like because she was using really colorful language and she did that like classy but with a little bit of color in there you know with her language it was just wow like i need to know the story time spill the tea what happened you know mm -hmm. what what made you do this and then the comments come in where everybody wants to part two yeah and they're all jumping in like good for you you did a great <clears throat> job at that i love how you smiled while you said this and they were speechless and didn't know what to say so they're all like backing this girl up right you know what they're actually doing what they're they're putting themselves in like i wish scenario. i could do that like but but like they probably have a good reason like, right. I don't know what how this ends up because this isn't like I haven't seen this. Right. But like if it was like, let's say somebody who their vacation was canceled or they weren't allowed to do whatever, you know, whatever it is, they have a good reason to leave. They're putting themselves in that spot where they're like, I want to say that, too, mm -hmm. and get out. That good little for you. dream bubble that happens. Yeah. of like, what would it be if I did that? You know, and living then, vicariously. Yeah. Just like Beyonce told everybody, I just quit my job. You know, like everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. She empowered me to do that. Right. So then you see 
like in the comments how they post like the second video story time, you know, with all the like thousands of hashtags or whatever. So she's in her car, still using very colorful language. And she's talking about how, you know, she doesn't care. It wasn't her career. She gets a new job every 90 days anyway. She's like, I'm just here to make a stack as quick as I can. And then I go on to the next job. She's like, they don't even check. She said something about her resume. And I wish I could um, remember exactly what the words were because it wasn't even a real word. But it was something about like, they didn't even check the skills that I had and or the coachability that I have or whatever. And people in the comments started to turn on her like, how do you do that? Like, how would you check that on a reference? Like, basically, people are supposed to just check, like, is the salary correct? And was the time frame that this person worked for you correct? Because if anybody says anything else, that could be, you know, like a lawsuit right there. And they then they start questioning her and turning away from, like, the positive go you to, well, maybe no, like, that. that's why. <laughs> because, and so she said, I lied on my whole resume and then in fact check anything. But you can't fact check the skill part like you can only fact check that the person worked there so she's getting these jobs working there for 90 days um i would i have to say that depends on the industry uh, for anybody who's a coder out there you can 1000 percent check the skill set in a few questions <laughs> but i promise you she i'm was assuming not a coder. that that's not her industry so we'll we'll go on from there uh, um i would say with 99.98 percent <laughs> Um, confidence she was not a coder uh, but it was just like you know I've seen a lot more of the trend on TikTok about when you go into it like people that are giving advice for job interviews and coaching and things like that make up a situation lie about this lie about that lie about this lie about the skills lie about the numbers that you did and it's like if you have to lie about it then Maybe this isn't the job that you really want. Let's flip that. What if the job lied to you? Which they do, right? They, you know, or things change immediately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll match you five. I love that, the, the term needs of the business. Yes. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, you could have the schedule that you want. And then, oh, wait, it's the holidays. So yeah. that's, you know, blackout period. You can't take any days off for the next six months. Sorry. You know, Um I don't want to uh, completely give out this person's identity, but this was uh, shared on a social me- media platform. Um, this person had gone through uh, a health scare, extreme health scare, like go to the emergency room right now before you die health scare. Um, in like almost at the point where they were going to have either multiple heart attacks, a stroke and a heart attack at the same time. Like this is a young person, but they were that on the brink of death right then. Right. They take care of her. She goes home. Um, you know, she attempts to go to work. I think two days after she was admitted to the hospital, she's like, you know, I'm still loyal to the company. I'm still going to go to work. But while she's at work, she's sick, throwing up, feeling terrible. Like, you know, just, sorry, I can't do this. I got to go home. I I can't even think right now. I can barely drive. Still feeling that way the next day, you know, as she's recovering from like all this calls into work and the employer gives her a hard time about calling out after everything that she went through, you know, and now this organization promotes family, promotes taking care of your employees, that people come first, like that sort of thing that's going around everywhere on the internet, you know, we're all about the people. We want to take care of our people. You know, no matter what industry you're in, they're trying to appeal to that mindset because of people wanting to work from home and being with families. And yeah, we totally support families and, you know, doing the right thing by the people. But then that doesn't trickle down to like the one-on-ones. And so now this person is like, I can't wait to leave this organization based on how it's treated. Like after all these years that I've been with this place, XYZ. And so you're right. It's, it's, promise one thing until it actually comes to fruition where it has to happen right it's like one of those things of (laughs) here's how i correlate it so in our we live in florida in our homeowners in policy um in the insurance policy it protects us from riots and volcanoes (laughs) (laughs) like those are one of those things but it doesn't protect us from hurricanes where you need additional supplemental insurance so it's like 
okay, yeah, we'll protect you from all that stuff. You'll be fine. Well, what happens if a, a volcano just suddenly magically rises from the sea level, um, you know, 10 miles from our house and insurance actually has to protect us from that? And they're like, uh, we didn't really anticipate that happening. And now that it's here, we don't really know how to insure you for that because we didn't have like dollar amounts. And so it's like that situation is that, yeah, you could have unlimited PTO, but we didn't anticipate you actually taking PTO. We thought you were like one of those people that are like, no, I just want to work every day for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if we actually pay you or not or how many days we give. <laughs> so it's good till it's not. It's like good on paper, but, you know, that could be from the employee. They're good on paper and then they come in and they perform and it's not what they said they were. Yeah, they start out, oh, I want to work all the weekends and a few months in. Or I'll work whatever you need me to. I'll work the night shifts. I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But um, to bring it back to the TikTok, um, especially the first one, it it does you know it does happen on both sides. It is something where you know employees unfortunately do lie on their resumes and um, do like i guess over promise what they can what they can do over promise and under deliver yeah mm -hmm. and in some cases like you know in some cases we say fake it till you make it um in some cases that's okay when you're willing to put in the work and learn and you say you know i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the ground running and um i'm gonna hold myself accountable to learning this stuff and and getting that skill set maybe i don't have it right now but if somebody gives me a chance i'm a I'm scrappy. I'm going to do the thing. But the mentality that you described in that first TikTok was garbage. Was, uh, yeah, it was outrageous. And it may be part of the reason why some employers say, you know what, I'm going to put in that probationary period. Um, I think it becomes kind of a chicken or egg conversation. You know what I mean? Like um, just because you have one in, one person who does that does not mean that you should necessarily put in a policy that affects every worker coming in in the downstream oh i could go down a rabbit hole with that conversation um <laughs> just in policies in general i think that uh instead of it being the chicken and egg situation it's more of a politics that everybody's trying to feel each other out and play the game and you know we have to do this because it's a procedure or i have to do this because i need a job right like everybody wants to rule the world right Everybody is doing it for their own personal gain. If I'm the employer, I'm doing it because I need an employee to fill a spot. So it looks like, you know, I'm doing a great job and my team is full. And I also, this is one less thing that I have to worry about that's on my plate. I have an employee that I hired that is under budget because they needed a job at the moment. And the employee is there because they need a job at the moment. And it might be something to hold them over until they get the job they're looking for or until they start their business. Um, so it's it's a politics scheme. It's the shake the hands under the table like, yeah, I know you're not going to stay. And you're like, yeah, I know you're not going to keep me, but we're both going to make this work. And really, I think it goes back to changing the like you got to start at the beginning. Like, where did this go downhill? Where did this process stop working for us? And it all starts at the interview. And like I said, kind of modeling the interview after the top performer that's still there. And it has to be a top performer that's matching in all categories, not just because they're getting results. Because sometimes the person that's getting results doesn't meet the top in their professionalism or in their skill set. It's just, um, you know, like maybe doing shady stuff, unfortunately, or just working harder but not keeping the customers. Like there could be something that is falling behind there. So there, that's why there's like a three category. Uh, commitment there that you're looking at as far as what scenarios prove this so that you could ask that of the employee and you could dig deeper into those scenarios if you're not sure if they're making them up or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, that's just dependent on your people skills and, you know, how you ask those questions. And you got to remember your recruiters are there to bring you people, but they're not there to marry you to them. You have to be the one that's marrying the employee um, the recruiters there is the efficient to make sure that like everything is put into place for them to work with you and, and get you to this point. So a lot of people think, oh, if the recruiter brought them to me, they must be good. I'm just going to hire them just to get over the hump. Um, so I think 
I think it would help if we brought this to like the practical. Um, and what I mean by that is, what are the qualities of a good interview question? Now, I don't make in, in my in my uh, I guess career, I don't make hiring and firing decisions. You don't want me making hiring and firing decisions. <laughs> That's not my skill set. I'm not. You'd be like Yellowstone last night. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Which we won't do any spoilers. Yeah, but, but I, I would. You would have five employees in my, <laughs> and, and that's just based on the hiring process alone. I'm taking notes, so I know that moving forward. But Jeff, <laughs> not working HR. <laughs> having said that, like when I think of a good interview question, I go very surface level, and I'm like open ended. Yes, absolutely. And, and and that's kind of as far as I go. <laughs> you know, like, like... <laughs> I just ask an open ended question, and you're going to get a. What good do you answer. like to have for lunch? But That's are there stupid? Are There's there any no fish in the break room? <laughs> it stinks up the office. No. Are there any other, um, I guess, things that you should be aiming to achieve, or things that, like, are the good components? Am I even asking that right? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I, I think I'm catching what you're throwing. So, if I were interviewing you, you you just stepped in, and we're in the office together. We're talking. Everything's cool. Shake hands. You're there professionally, even if you're not like, even if it's pursuit of happiness, you know, like he couldn't find pants or whatever the case was, you know, during Will Smith's interview. I forgot how that story went. But um, at least at the end, I know he was in the pursuit of happiness. I get that part of the yeah. story. <laughs> so once you sat down, I've personally, I've read your resume, right? I, I've gone through it, but I think that supports what you tell me. It doesn't tell me about you. So I would say, you know, I got your resume. I haven't had a chance to look it over. Why don't you tell me about yourself and what I would see on your resume if I had it in front of me right now? And I want to hear you tell me your journey. I don't want the paper to tell me the journey. And it might not, you know, and I'll phrase it in a way that it's not that I didn't have time and I don't want you to feel bad that I wasn't prepared or anything like that. But A, I'm kind of seeing like, does this storyline match up? And, you know, okay, that explains maybe this gap or this here or that there. You know what I like about that is that, you know, we just saw a movie where somebody was asked to explain a gap mm-hmm. in their interview process. And, you know, we've all we've all had that. You, everybody wants to fill up as much time so that they don't get that dreaded question. And the, the bad thing about that question is that it puts the person that you, you're interviewing, who is eventually supposed to be on your team, on the defensive. Right. Because and by, they're already feeling bad about whatever it may be. Yeah. And by giving them the opportunity to frame it from their perspective, um, it takes them off of that de- defense. But it also gives you an opportunity to see how they frame information. Because eventually, that person may be the person that is representing your company to a customer. And there may be an aspect of your customer policy there may be some bad news that they have to deliver to, to a customer. And seeing how they're able to frame that prior to somebody saying, well, why is the price going up? You know, that's a, it, it, it's measuring a skill. It's like how do you deliver bad news or like a situation that doesn't look favorable? Yeah. Um, but it also gives insight, like from my perspective as an IO shrink, right? I have to think about the relationship between employers and employees. Like that's my job is to be like the therapist for the business and, and the people relationships. And so when I ask somebody who's a a prospect that, and they share with me, I had to take off because um, maybe they had a child or maybe a family member was sick, or maybe this was going on in their life. Okay. Now I can understand a, you know, obviously they put family first, you know, which is important and you know I want to speak to that in the interview as to what we could provide as family benefits and things like that um but I could also hear of how they uh problem solved anything that may have gone on like me because that also shows the skill set right so god forbid a family member was really ill you know, and they're sharing with me the process, maybe they had to take over everything as far as, you know, the the estate, the doctors, the paperwork, they've never done that before. I'm thinking in my head, okay, so crisis management, they're really good at, they can think well under pressure, they use creative solutions to figure it out, like all those skills are transferable. And as an IO shrink, 
I'm not sitting here saying, well, gosh, they had to call out like every other week and no wonder why that company let them go. I'm like, okay, maybe the role I was thinking of for, for you is not the role. I have something better for you because of what you could bring to it, mm-hmm. you know? So the gaps or the reason why you left an organization, like maybe you left an organization after like three or four months and I, you know, you start sharing the story and I'm not hearing you bash the company. I'm hearing you say that their values didn't match what you uphold as your values and your integrity. I think, um, I think of people who have worked at a company for a long time and then suddenly leave and maybe they, they're just burnt out. Mm. And if you say that, I mean, some people might be scared to say that in an interview, but if you have a welcoming kind of give me an example of that let's kind of play that out so i'm interviewing you and i'm like wow you were at um company abc for like seven years and and you it looks like you took a break for a while talk to me about um talk to me about that scenario for me i'm, I'm still going off the the initial question where you, you're asking me to explain the journey but if we were at that point yeah and you just wanted me to elaborate um what i'm picturing is a conversation that's welcoming enough to put me at ease where I'm comfortable enough to say, you know, I've been, I had been working at this place for a really long time and I felt like I wasn't growing and I felt like I was just working consistently, but my career wasn't going anywhere and I really want to move up, but I felt burnt out. I felt like I was doing the same thing every day. And so I wanted to look for something new. And a lot of people, when they're in an interview, they would not be so, and I keep using the term comfortable, but they wouldn't be that at ease to say something like that. You you start euphemisms like, you know. Uh, well, it just, you know, <clears throat> the timing wasn't right. Yeah, that kind of thing. And for an employer to know that you are in a spot in your career path or in your journey where now you want to kick it up a gear and you want to have an opportunity to move up, it does put a little pressure on the employer because now you're 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 kind of on a probation too. It may not be a 90-day, but it may be like, hey, within a year, I want some different responsibilities. I want some different roles. I want some different stuff. But do you really want an employee that's just going to like hit the enter key every few hours and well i think this is also again where an io shrink steps in right Mm -hmm. for that relationship because when i hear you say as the employee that you wanted to grow you weren't growing um that you know they just didn't offer like a, a career ladder for you to keep going up and you were burnt out but you wanted more there's a contradiction there um i understand why it's not so much you were burnt out you were bored and so my question to you, I wouldn't call any of that out, but this is what I think as the IO shrink that would enhance the conversation, right? My conversation with you, I'd probably turn to, let me ask you, with a company that you were with for so long that you built up equity in and like, you know, your 401k and everything else or whatever benefits and tenure that you had, what would they have had to do to keep you? Mm. Very interesting. Because if you said, well, if they gave me more and I'm hearing you say you were already burnt out, then I have to dig deeper into that to A, make sure that you're satisfied if we bring you on here, B, make sure that you're not overwhelmed, but C, also make sure you feel like you're growing and that you know what your career path is. But like, how willing are you to ask for that and look for that? Because Mm -hmm. maybe you didn't even have a conversation with your leader at your other job about your career path. And so, and maybe you didn't give them the opportunity. Maybe you're just, you quiet quit, right? And so I have to look into, okay, is this somebody that I have to check in with more frequently because they don't have the comfort or or, uh, the trust to come to me when they don't feel happy? Or are they a chronic complainer? And they're just going to sit and complain about how unhappy they are on the phone with me after hours for 45 minutes, which is a scenario I watched with one of our friends, you know, who is a, a great business leader. And she has this one employee that will call after hours to just um, almost like a therapy session. And, you know, it's like 
it's unfair because I know this person is working already like 16 hours a day and then they will stay on the phone with this person after hours to just hear them out and have the same conversation over and over and over again. And, and this person has done everything like career pathing, coaching and all this stuff. And I bet this person wishes there was a 90 day clause to just like, you know, let this person go. But that's where the interview now granted our friend has inherited this team so they didn't have the ability to go ahead and do the interview process but to avoid that that's where the interview and digging deeper and understanding or having an io shrink there to support you in these conversations or recreate the process uh is important and so like going back to the thought of like fake it till you make it um I think I, I'm going to keep trying until I can take it. Huh. Okay. So I don't think it's faking it if you're trying. You know, I, I think it's learning as you go. And I think about, like, this is a, such a stupid analogy, but I have this water bottle here, right? And I had the straw. And uh, obviously the straw has a hole at both ends, but it had a hole on the side of it. So couldn't access the water while we're talking. So I just take the straw out and I flip it upside down so that I could access the water and the hole is covered by water. So either way, I'm getting water and I'm fine, right? So you kind of figure out your own solution as you go. So if it's not there for you, if the job isn't offering what you want and you have to fake your resume to fit a job you don't want anyway for the next 90 days to hold you over because you're not finding anything out there, I, I say forget the fake it till you make it and like keep trying at what you want to do what you'd love to do, and then just take it. TiffanyRuffino.com. Come on down and uh, give us some feedback. Shoot us a comment. Uh, you can find uh, Tiffany at the underscore IO underscore shrink on uh, TikTok. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.